at a time when investors are confronted with market volatility and a variety of challenges fueled by the uncertainty of inflation, unsettled geopolitical tensions, and economic pressures, Justin Klein and Steve Peasley stand ready to take your finance and investment questions and share their unbiased answers. This is Invest Talk, independent thinking, shared success. Invest Talk is made possible by KPP Financial, a registered investment advisor firm serving clients throughout the United States. The clarity for your path forward starts now. Here is KPP Chief Executive Officer, Financial Advisor, Justin Klein. Good afternoon and welcome back to Invest Talk. This is our Thursday, December 22nd, 2022 edition. Hope you all are prepared and ready for the last few trading days of the year. Uh, and Christmas is coming up. I know after this I'm going uh, to finish up my Christmas shopping, wrapping some presents, and uh, it's going to be... Uh, I, lo- I love this time of year. You know, uh, you get a little of downtime, uh, reflect on what has happened, not, of, not only this year, but the recent past, uh, and hopefully take some lessons personally, professionally, and apply them to the next year. And that's what New Year's resolutions are all about. I'm not a huge New Year's resolution guy, uh, but at some point you do need to reflect. You do need to gain some perspective. And I try to give you perspective each and every weekday. Same with Steve. But nobody, nothing teaches you more than real world experience. Steve and I can tell you about all the lessons we've learned throughout our decades of, of investment experience. And hopefully you take them. And the more you listen to the show, I feel like you're going to internalize those a lot more. And that's ideal. Fortunately, many have to learn other lessons the hard way. But the only way to really learn those lessons is to have some reflection and figure out how to adjust your mindset, your decision-making process going forward. Now, you don't want to overanalyze it. You have to be realistic. You have to realize that everyone makes mistakes. There are there, sometimes there are large lessons to learn from mistakes, sometimes they're fairly minor. But without some reflection to figure out where you have gone, you don't know where you should go. So the big question is, what lessons have you learned over the past year or two? And how is that going to shape your decision-making process in the new year? That's what I'm here to help you do. So I'm Justin Klein, and I'm ready on this radio show and podcast to answer your finance and investment questions. The phone lines are always open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. 
at 88.99 chart. I have a lot to discuss with you today. One is our focus point on tax loss harvesting. We're going to look at a couple of tax strategies that can have an impact by your end. Now, time permitting, I want to touch on a few other things. One is changes to the 401k retirement plans moving through Congress. I want to highlight that. Also, what cities are dropping in price when it comes to real estate prices? What cities are under the most pressure? And then lastly, what can you learn from the crypto implosion this year moving forward? Not just about the asset class itself, but the tendencies of humans, human nature that plays out in markets. It's very important to have this perspective and small percentage of people were exposed to crypto, but that doesn't mean that you can't learn lessons. So we're going to look at that. We also have some voice bank questions ready to play, one on mortgages and the other on P.E. ratios. So go with this all planned for this episode of Invest Talk. 888-99 chart is how you get through and ask your questions live. Let's take a look at the market today. We had a decidedly down day. Definitely more weakness on the growth side of the market. Large cap growth down 2% led by Tesla. It's been a week recently. Talked about yesterday how... You know, the gamma squeeze, what's what's the name for a gamma squeeze in reverse? I, I, I don't know, uh, but that's basically what's happening with Tesla. Uh, and it's just continues to grind lower down near the 9% today, uh, really weighing on, on markets as a whole. Um, many people getting margin uh, uh, margin called. Uh, Elon very close to that, that margin call level. And what are they... A lot of people own Tesla. They own a lot of other growthier names, and they, those are sold off as well. So um, I didn't really see any major other news that would drive the market much lower, uh, and certainly huge divergence here. Large cap growth down over 2% today. Large cap value only down 1%. So big divergence there. Uh, and going to the end of the year, a lot of tax loss selling. That's probably uh, part of it uh, on top of that. So Weekday overall, I continue to think we're in a choppy period for some time. You know, the liquidity conditions are improving, even though interest rates are going up. Uh, but then the question is, what will the recession look like when it comes to earnings? So that is still TBD, but going to be on the top of mind of markets for the next uh, few months at least. And that likely means a lot of backing and filling in my mind. Now let's pivot over to a voice bank question at 888 chart Hi, Justin. It's Bill from San Diego. Love your show. I'm wondering about EPS. The numbers seem to be all over the place, and I was wondering if you have to look them up by industry. And if so, how would you find what the industry EPS is? Thank you. Have a nice day. Bye. Well, you're talking about earnings per share, uh, and yeah, earnings per share between companies is all over the place. And earnings per share, that number itself is fairly irrelevant unless you're comparing to something else, right? What are earnings compared to the value of the stock or the sector? That would be a P ratio. When you think PE, that's what E is. 
price is P. E is earnings per share. You take the price divided by the earnings per share, then you get your P ratio. Trends in that are important, especially across sectors, but individually as well. But it's also not a great measure, simply because there's a lot of shenanigans when it comes to that ultimate earnings number. And that's why you want to look at it over time. You want to look at the trends, how consistent is earnings per share within an industry, within an individual company. And you want companies who have consistently positive earnings per share that are growing. It doesn't have to be growing at gangbuster levels. You know, everyone's chasing after the 50, 60, 80, 100% earnings growers. Sometimes those are those are great companies that are on the rise. More often than not, though, those companies are dealing with a situation that's boosting their earnings dramatically in the near term. And that happened a lot during COVID, where either competitors were put out of business, you know, smaller businesses, and they were big box retailers, and they were the only ones that had inventory and that could source uh, things that were in short supply, and they were earning high margins, and a lot of them made big bucks. No, that's reversing. So those are the kind of the flash in the pan type of dynamics that can boost earnings near term. But that's not what you want. You don't want some company that just got lucky because of the backdrop of the economy or some uh, some idiosyncrasies within the, the, the market dynamics. You want companies that are well run, that have an economic moat, good products and services that people want consistently will pay above average prices to get. Those are the good investments. And so earnings per share, cash flow, operating cash flow, those are ones you want to follow and track and see their consistency over time. Hopefully that helped. Now we're heading into a break and I welcome your finance and investment questions now. No question is too simple or too complex. You set the agenda. So give Invest Talk a call at 888 99Shark. In today's world, a variety of factors are affecting the stock markets. Serious investors know building a secure financial future requires hard work and determination. That's why now, more than ever, when it comes to the planning, execution, and maintenance of your portfolio, you need Invest Talk. With total downloads nearing 50 million, each Invest Talk podcast should be one of your key financial planning and educational tools. Invest Talk is a free download, and hosts Justin Klein and Steve Peasley stand ready to provide their unbiased guidance and professional analysis developed from real time data research and years of investing experience. 24 7, rain or shine, during smooth sailing or on rough weather days. The Invest Talk listener line is open and waiting for your questions. You set the agenda. Don't forget to call Invest Talk 888-99-CHART. Christmas will be here soon, and then comes New Year's. Justin Klein and Steve Peasley are ready to answer your finance and investment questions. Call Invest Talk 888-99-CHART. 
hey, I'm looking at taking a small position in BlackBerry, symbol BB, purely as a mid to long term speculative play. I've been watching it fall for a while. I'm not sure what a decent entry point might be, if any. What's your opinion? Thanks a lot. All right. This is BlackBerry. Yes, BlackBerry, the former largest smartphone producer in the world. And now it, ex- it exclusively is a software provider with end-to-end secure communication for enterprises. So they took the technology. That was really the, the value that was left. Once Apple ate their lunch with the iPhone, their one piece of software that was built into Blackberries that had value was their end-to-end communication or BlackBerry Messenger, basically the foundation uh, for that. And it provi- uh, provides endpoint management and protection to enterprises specializing in regulated industries like government. Uh, and so, you know, that end-to-end en- encryption, and that's really was the value. Um, but how much value does that really have? I don't think that much. And if you look at the free cash flow, operating cash flow, profits, they're all negative and trending lower. So whatever business they they had that was earning them positive free cash flow as of early last year is now negative. So I don't know if they lost the contract or what, but their business prospects are pretty dire. So still, they lost 10 cents a share this year, going to lose 23 cents a share next year and 20 cents a share the following year. Chart is horrible. Relative strength is 10. Not good. So I'm not sure what makes you think that they're going to, you know, what, what value is there is here. I don't see very much at all. So uh, this is much better short than uh, a, a buy for me. So I would not touch BlackBerry. Now, when people take the time to leave an Invest Talk podcast review on iTunes, I'd like to thank them for their courtesy by getting to their questions quickly. Shopper says one Shopper one two three says I've been listening for over two years, and Invest Talk has definitely guided me well throughout the tumultuous times. Here's my question: Have you sold all of your Playboy yet? You're still holding on. Um, I think for tax loss selling for taxable accounts, we're 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 taking that. Um, we'll see in the new year. Uh, once again, I think there's there's a lot of pressure on that uh, in the near term for tax loss selling. Um, but longer term, the, there's still value in the stock in, in, in the brand. It's just a matter of is this the right management team? Clearly, we're wrong. If this was so far, is not the right management team. Uh, they're talking a big game recently, um, but still has to play out in reality, and they're not quite there yet. So, uh, still a speculative play. Um, really, it's about you. How much faith do you have in this management team? I still have some faith, but certainly dwindling now we're heading into a break so let's get the party started as we head towards the new year and i welcome your finance and investment questions now so you set the agenda let's give invest talk a call at 888-99 chart One of the most rewarding things I do each weekday is host the Invest Talk podcast. I truly enjoy helping investors, and I know that every question counts and every answer I provide will be unbiased. You, the caller, get to chart the course for each Invest Talk podcast. 
Call with your questions anytime, day or night, 888-99-CHART. Now, my focus point today concerns this story. Loss harvesting done right could downsize your 2022 tax bill. And yep, we only have roughly six trading days. Actually, less than that because Monday is a holiday. No trading day there. So about five trading days left in the year. And there's limited options to make an impact on your taxes. But one is certainly is to do some tax loss selling. And... You can remember you can offset about uh, up to three thousand dollars per year of losses uh, against your income. So first, you it's net net of your gains and your losses. But if your losses are more than your gains for the year, you can apply three thousand dollars towards uh, towards your income. And anything additional on top of that, you can carry forward to future tax years. So that's that's only five days left if you're going to do it. Okay. Then second is Roth conversions. So you're probably down and converting this year can lock you in to a certain tax bracket. Maybe you're in a low tax bracket this year. That's probably a good thing, especially if you think of our fiscal situation. Uh, The Trump tax cuts are going to likely expire in two, three years. So you have to think about that. And so you want to plan that out with with, a, with an accountant. There's not a lot of time left. I know uh, a lot of I know TD Ameritrade, they're backed up when it comes to getting conversions done. Um, they're, they're getting them done a little slower than normal that we're seeing. But make sure you don't wait till that last day. They're not going to get that conversion completed. So... If you're if you want to do a Roth conversion, you need to, you need to decide that tonight and call in the morning and start that process. Just say that whatever broker that you're at. Okay, so you want to know how it impacts your taxes before you do it. Whether that is a Roth conversion, whether that is tax loss selling, because uh, you want to make sure you don't trigger higher Medicare premiums. For example, example. Uh, and, and there's other tax consequences uh, as, as well. So make sure you consult with a, a CPA. Now, there is a higher standard deduction uh, since 2018. And that means that less people are likely to itemize. And it's harder to find tax breaks to claim. So this is one of those things that you can you actually have control over. That isn't a huge deal. Right, you sell your losses today. You can still buy those back 31 days later or go buy a, a similar name, not the exact name, but similar name, uh, and still get exposure to that particular sector. So this is the time to do that. Now we're going to head to a caller. Are we doing a caller? Yeah, let's grab another caller question from 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve or Justin, Joe from South Carolina here. I have a question about mortgages. So I have a mortgage at about 3.3%, and I have been paying like an extra $300 a month towards it. That's obviously some of the most conservative things I do because I also invest in the market, and I do some peer-to-peer loan investing and some other things. But I always viewed that as kind of a safe 3.3% return, 
And about two, three years ago, that was not bad because my high yield savings account was only giving me 0.05% interest. But now markets by Goldman Sachs, I think the last time I looked, they're at 3% for a high yield savings account. So with that change in interest rates, does it even make sense to pay the mortgage off earlier now? I mean, if I can get 3% by sticking it into a savings account, should I maybe take that extra money and look at like a money market or bonds or something like that just as a safe play that could produce a little bit better return in this environment. So just wanted to get your thoughts on that. I'll listen for the answer on the podcast. Thanks, guys. Yeah, the way that you're thinking is smart. Now, how to execute that effectively, that's another question because there's there's things to weigh. Now, one of the drawbacks of adding to your mortgage, right, paying a little bit extra, like you said, 300 bucks a month, is that it's not easy to get that money out once you put it in. You got to refinance your mortgage, get a HELOC, et cetera. It's a process, and there's often costs to, the, to that process. But it's kind of a, a, a nice way to save, and like you said, automatically, basically earn that yield on uh, that money because you're, you're you're effectively not paying it. So I I like that plan. But now that rates are, are above that, Marcus is now at three point three percent. There are high yield savings accounts, FDIC insured, that are above that. And what you're basically doing is turning yourself into turning yourself into a little bank, right? You're even you borrow at 3.3% and then you're going to lend basically to Marcus or any of these other institutions at a higher rate. Uh, and it's liquid, right? You can take that money out very easily. So I think that's smarter at this point, as long as you're yielding higher than you are paying on that mortgage. So I agree with you. I would do it. Uh, try to once again, get a little bit higher. Um, never, it could drop, right? The, the, market's saying, hey, the Fed's going to cut rates by the end of next year, and that 3.3% rate on market is going to go away. But until then, uh, I think it's a smart move. Now we're heading into a break, so give me a call now at 888-99-CHART. Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay, why? I mean, how would it come in handy? And where would you want to use it? Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip? Or maybe you want to connect with family members? or friends from a different culture. I think you should know about Rosetta Stone. With millions of users, it's been the world's most trusted language learning program for 30 years. Rosetta Stone is available on your desktop or as an app with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. It has a built-in patented speech recognition engine called True Accent. So as you practice speaking, you'll get feedback on how well you pronounce words. With Rosetta Stone, you pick up a language naturally. First with words, then phrases, then sentences. It's an intuitive process designed for long-term retention. You really learn to speak, listen, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone is an amazing value, so your special skill set is within easy reach. You know you want to do this, so... Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, InvestTalk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership 
for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off now at rosettastone.com today. Each day, Invest Talk listeners submit their finance and investment questions via phone or email. Would you like your question to be put near the top of the list? Just take a minute or two to leave a review and rating for Invest Talk at iTunes. And be sure to include a brief question with your iTunes review comments. Now, in the next Invest Talk, the story behind this question Can you avoid the early, withdra- early withdrawal penalty for IRAs? Steve will get to that story tomorrow, but for now, let's go talk to Gino in San Jose looking at PCAR, P-C-A-R. Yes, hi, Justin. Happy holidays. Thank you. Um, I wanted to find out here about um, uh, picking up some uh, shares of that uh, P-C-A-R, um, and then I saw that they're going to be doing a 3 to four, 2 stock split um, mm-hmm. and see what we're looking at on here. Uh, well, I, I don't factor in stock splits, so it doesn't really uh, bother no, no, me, no. but either way. Uh, right. But PACAR is right. a leading manufacturer of medium and heavy-duty trucks under brands like Kenworth and Peterbilt, primarily sold in the NAFTA region as well as Australia. They uh, do ha- sell some DAF trucks in Europe and South America, and they're one of the leaders within the industry. So I, I like this company. Uh, it's in basically industrial space. Uh, earnings are up 53% this year, uh, but they're expected to flatten out next year. So don't expect that growth to, to kind of stick. But I'm a fan of, of PACCAR. The, the relative strength is 92. And if you look at the uh, look at the, the chart, while it's pulled back recently with the whole market, it's now in an uptrend. So uh, I'm going to give PACCAR, P-C-A-R, a thumbs up. And guess what? It only yields 1.5%. But I love that. You know why? Their payout ratio is only 38%. They can grow their dividend. And they don't have a lot of debt. So I love companies like this. Current return equity is 21.5%, which is right around, right around the longer-term average. So I don't think it's over-earning at this point. Um, so a lot of things to like about PACAR, P-C-A-R. Notice that? Not the big dividend payers. I love that not chasing huge dividends you're gonna earn you know this this year so far this year this is up right this is a stock that's up on the year where did this start the year right around 88 bucks now it's 102 plus a dividend these are the businesses people that you want to own i want more calls like this from gino and the rest of you i challenge all of you to Find companies like Packard. Thanks for the call. Now let's touch on some changes that are going through Congress when it comes to your 401k. And this bill, which is very likely to be passed, it's bipartisan, it raises the age people are required to do their RMDs from 72 now to 75. It also increases savings, uh, retirement savings contribution limits for older workers. 
and it paves the way for emergency savings accounts within within your 401k plan. About half of American households aren't saving enough to sustain their living standards in retirement. This is according to the Boston College Center of Retirement Research. Now, and this is why this legislation is going through. Because the the best way that you can save for retirement, that most people save for retirement, is through their 401k plans in some way. The consistency of the savings. They're trying to limit some of the drawbacks. Now, the first is RMDs, which now is at 72. Starting next year, it will be 73. And this would raise the raise up to 75 by 2033. Now, this helps in some ways, but not in others. Yeah, it pushes that back, but it also means that when you do hit 75 or 73, whatever the, the RMD age is at that time, you're going to be taking out a larger percentage because life expectancy likely isn't, isn't moving much. So you have to take out more over short, or the same amount over a shorter period of time, which means more each year. But it allows you at least some time to do some Roth conversions and kind of plan out and uh, create that tax schedule on your own time as opposed to the government's time, which is what they're trying to amend. Uh, It'll make some minor changes, but nothing dramatic. The big one for me is this automatic enrollment. And it will allow employers to expand actually require many new 401k and 403b plans to automatically enroll workers starting in 2025 at between 3 and 10% of their pay and raise it 1% each year until it's 10 to 15%. They're still working out the details. Another provision will allow the catch-up contribution to go up to 7500 per year if you're over 50 and 11250 if you're between 60 or over 60 years old. That's starting in 2025. Now, the companies that are going to benefit from this, and I think that's the most interesting from an investment standpoint, the record keepers, the insurers, the ones that administer these 401k plans, it means more assets being held in there longer. So obviously the financial services industry is lobbying for this type of package. Now, it's going to be... They say revenue neutral, which is interesting. But what I also like about this is that it allows employees to save up to $2,500 in a rainy day Roth account, basically tax deferred. And you can still get the employer match, but you don't have to invest it in the markets. You can just keep it in cash. And if you need to get it, you can take it out without the 10% penalty and before the age of 59 and a half. And so the pandemic really drove this where people were raiding their 401k accounts because they had no other choice. Okay. And so I think that's a, a great change. It also changes the provisions on the terminally ill and when you can take money out without penalty uh, it encourages people with low and moderate incomes to save for retirement by giving them a tax break that would be about $1,000 annually if you don't make you know, a certain amount. 
and that will start in 2029. So a lot of great things that I think will be beneficial to workers coming down the pipe there. Now let's pivot back to the Invest Talk Voice Bank to play a question that came in earlier from a listener in San Diego. Hi, Steve and Justin. This is Bill from San Diego. My question is about P-E ratios. They seem to be all over the place, and I'm wondering how you determine whether or not a P-E ratio is appropriate. Do I go to the industry and try to find out what the average P-E ratio is there, or what do you suggest? Thank you. Love your show. Bye-bye. Well, well, that's part of your your answer there is, yes, depends on the sector. You want to be looking at the similar companies within the industry. But you need to do a deeper dive as well, not just say, oh, well, the average of the industry is X. Well, every sector has various subsectors. For example, in the technology space, there's software companies, there's hardware companies, there's cloud companies. There's, they all have different types of multiples that they trade at, different growth rates. And that's number two is how fast is a company growing? Obviously, the faster they grow, the more premium you're going to pay. Now, people got way over the skis over the past couple of years. You know, they started to extrapolate that growth out that was more of a pull forward of demand because of COVID. Um, but it's about knowing what the sustainable growth rate is over the long term. And if it's above the, the, the average in the sector, then you're going to be okay paying, paying a bit of a premium. So you have to look at PE ratios, any type of ratios. And frankly, PE ratios are one of my least favorite to look at because – once again, P is price is market cap, which is, doesn't include debt. So that's one problem with the P. So that's why I use enterprise value over P. And then E is distorted. I've talked about this before, and that's why I like to use more cash flow met- metrics. So, but this applies to any type of ratio that you're looking at. Ratio analysis depends on the sector that you are studying. Depends on the growth rate or lack thereof of the underlying security. So I hope that helps. Now we're all watching the calendar. There are only nine days remaining in 2022. And the stock market has certainly been presenting changing dynamics. And the question is, are you, if you're serious about your financial future, how do you deal with it? How do you deal with these changing dynamics? Are your strategies updated? Well, it's worth taking a minute to take advantage of our free portfolio view assessment at our company, KPP Financial, which we do via telephone or go to meeting. And what I do is break down the type of risk you're taking. Are you aggressive, moderate, conservative? How does that align with your risk tolerance level and your goals? Are you overweight certain sectors that you should be that, or that you shouldn't be? And where should you be trying to lean within the market? More on the value side? You know that, probably yes. What about large cap versus small cap? Depends on your risk tolerance level. Depends on your goals. What about foreign stocks? All this, these are things I break down. Full report. That's how we do these portfolio reviews. High level. Start risk 
assessment as a person, as an investor, as well as the portfolio, and then dig down into the details. And so you know what those details are, how are you going to make the proper adjustments? And that's what these are all about. So I encourage you to reach out and schedule one with me over at investtalk.com. The all new investtalk.com. Now this is Invest Talk, now with over 48 million downloads, thanks to you. Next up, we have another caller question, so hang on. In today's world, a variety of factors are affecting the stock markets. Serious investors know building a secure financial future requires hard work and determination. That's why now, more than ever, when it comes to the planning, execution, and maintenance of your portfolio, you need InvestTalk. InvestTalk is a free download. Your participation makes it unique. Don't forget to call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. Hello, Steve and Justin. This is Mike from Florida. I just had a question about bonds. I really appreciate all the information you provide, and I'm sure you know probably the answer to this question. But I am 75 years old and now investing more in bonds and in stocks, and I've been listening to your program for a long time. That's really a big help. But I'm kind of new to bond investing. So the question is, is that let's say the coupon dividend or coupon is 1% or 1%, and then the yield to worst or yield to the end of the maturity, or I forget what you call it, is higher, like 4%. I don't understand how it could be higher than the coupon price. That's a question I had, and again, like I said, I really appreciate your program. Thank you very much. All right. Very simple here. You have a bond yielding, like you said, 1%. And there are uh, any bond uh, upon maturity, as long as it's in default, it's going to return your principal to you. Now, when you're looking at yield to maturity, yield to worst, there are two aspects of that return. One is the coupon, and the other is the price appreciation of the bond. Now, what you're looking at is a bond that's trading at a discount to par. And so over the life of the bond between now and maturity, the bond is going to go up in value, most likely. Back as it gets closer to maturity to that 100 par level. It's probably trading at maybe 70 right now. And so your total return is going to be the coupon payments you get between now and, and maturity. And that difference between what you're paying for the bond today and what you're going to get upon maturity. Now, for some people, they don't want to wait, right? They want a higher coupon today. And so maybe yield to worse to yield to maturity is not the greatest arbiter of return for them. They want that consistent high income and there are bonds out there uh, they're fairly volatile because what's called convexity when you have low uh low payouts low low uh coupons that were issued you know when rates were rock bottom and these companies were smart you know they said i could pay one or two percent coupon on you know a 10 year bond great i'm gonna lock that in but for the bond holder it makes a bump for a bumpy ride. So that's where that yield, extra yield is coming from. It's the 
coupon rate as well as that appreciation of the bond between now and maturity. This is Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. We have one goal here to help you achieve your own version of financial freedom. And our work continues after this final break. So if you have a question, get it in now at 888-99-CHART. The holiday season is here. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein are on duty, and they welcome your finance and investment questions. Call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. I have a question about a little bit of a different investment. Have you ever invested in peer-to-peer lending like Prosper or Lending Club? I have about four or $500 in there that I just kind of put to see how it would go. And it seems to be doing all right, but I didn't know if this is something maybe I should consider contributing monthly to with a small amount of money or if you think it's a bad idea to have as part of your portfolio of investments. I will listen for the answer on the podcast. Thanks again for the show. You guys do a great job. Well, I think the simple answer is go look at Lending Club's chart. It continues to go down dramatically, which means that the quality of the borrowers on on its platform are not doing so hot. Okay, so no, I I would not be using these peer-to-peer lending platforms. Uh, It's more like a very high-risk bond, in my mind, and tied to individuals as opposed to corporations. So if you really want to take risk and get 8%, 9 10% yields, go buy high-yield bonds. That's going to be much better, and you'll be able to do a little more research and, and find names that you like the trend of their business and their balance sheet, uh, then you know the opaqueness of, of what you're going to get over at a peer-to-peer lending site like like Prosper or Lending Club. So, uh, no, I would not be adding more to this. All right. Now let's lastly touch on what markets in the country are having the roughest time. Okay. Now the worst one, clearly, is Austin, Texas, and Realtor.com shows that. Listing prices are down 15.5% from their high. And buyers are jumping ship with 40% year-over-year decline in sales. And there's still a lot of home builders and, and apartment developers that uh, set to come on with more supply. So, you know, you have a lot of headwinds to prices in Austin, Texas, probably the worst place to own real estate in the country right now. Number two, Boise, Idaho. List prices are down 15.7% over the last six months. And values are likely to decline another 25, 30%. Once again, a lot of exposure to tech and remote work. And Migration is falling, and there's still a lot of uh, supply potentially from home builders. Salt Lake City, number three. That one's down 13.5% on the average median or the median list price. And there's just simply uh, a lot of uh, oversupply there. Phoenix, Arizona, this is a, a big hotbed for investors. 
and investor purchases are down 49% year over year. So Wall Street's kind of bailed out on the space or on that that, that region. And Realtor.com has a 13.2% drop in list prices. Still probably another 20, 25% down to go in Phoenix. Bend, Oregon. A lot of tech workers moved there from the Bay Area and Seattle, bought second homes there, and were, were working remote. But now Realtor.com has a 13.7% drop in its list price from the peak. And today's typical home value is still about 664000 That's 13 times higher than the average local annual wage of only $52,000. Still 20 30% drop uh, left in that region. St. George, Utah, very similar to Salt Lake City. It's a big retirement community, second home uh, community. Uh, a lot of vacationers uh, head there. Realtor.com shows 15.4% drop in median list price. And you're probably going to see a 30-plus percent uh, decline back to pre-pandemic levels. And that's what you're going to see here is the whole gain in home prices for the vast majority of metro areas in the country are going to reverse all of the gains from the pandemic and then some. Okay. And then there's Stockton, California, very similar to the Bay Area. That one is struggling down about... See, 12.3% from its peak. Reno, Nevada, down about 12. And Denver, Colorado, 12.8. And lastly, Las Vegas, down about 10.3. Okay. Well, that does that about does it for today. I'm Justin Klein. This completes another Invest Talk program. Steve Peasley and I thank you for listening. And we encourage you to tell your friends and family about our free podcast downloads, which you can find anytime at iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. And be sure to rate and review. Independent thinking, shared success. This is Invest Talk. Good night. Invest Talk is a trademark of KPP Financial. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them. Specifically, nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell security. Because such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor firm which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein is chief executive officer of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial. Thank you for listening, and your comments and questions are welcome on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.